0: Tradecraft. Welcome to Tradecraft, a podcast that takes a closer look at the top secret New World Order role-playing game and the lucky 13 game engine that powers it. We will cover the rules, talk about ways to get the most out of your games, and fun modifications on the fly. Welcome to episode 2 of Tradecraft, a podcast where we talk about the top-secret New World Order role-playing game by TSR. My name is James Carpio, also known as Agent Incubus, one of the designers of the game. So tonight we're going to talk a little bit about character generation. So, reading some of the forums and also looking on Facebook, there's a lot of our fans who are not sure about character generation or had a lot of questions about character generation. Uh, Some feel that it's a little, it creates higher and more powerful leveled characters than normal. Some feel it's a little underpowered, but I really just wanted to take this opportunity to just talk about it. Nothing special. We're going to talk about character generation from Nuts to Bolts, and probably what we're going to do is I'm going to give a little bit of input on just my take on it and what I feel is a a good balance uh, during character generation. So take it or leave it. I mean, honestly, you're going to create a character that you want to play, but I definitely want to put down some of the stuff that has been talked about. So on page nine, there are 10 steps for character generation. And it's simply from top to bottom is you're going to determine your attributes. You're going to determine your health. You're going to take a clearance level and your reputation you going to choose a background for your character if you want to you can choose an impairment i will say impairments are fun but we'll get to that uh, you're going to determine your languages and then what your proficiency is in those languages you're going to decide your tradecraft which are going to be your broad skills from there you can choose five specialized skills off of your tradecraft to make you better in those areas and lastly you're just going to go ahead and give yourself a backstory, and this could be based on your background or whatever that you had in mind for your agent. So starting with attributes, there are actually five attributes. Nerve, which is kind of, you know, your your chutzpah, your emotional well-being. These are things that allow you to plummet off cliffs and jump out the last minute. Has nothing to do with other things other than that inner self that's going to tell you to do crazy stuff, but that's your nerve. Suave your charisma how charming you are you know the the beautiful smile you have on your face uh, however that works but that's where swab falls in it's great when you're trying to charm it's great when you're trying to seduce um, and it has many other applications next up is pulse pulse is pretty much your health and your stamina how much you can take you know whether it's running or taking damage or things like that that's where realistically that comes in Intellect, well that's how smart your agent is and for the most part, a smart agent is usually an alive agent. And lastly is reflex. And reflex will definitely take you through uh, shooting a gun or running or how many actions you can take in a turn. So how do you generate these? So there are two methods in the in the core rulebook. There's the random attribute where you're going to roll a percentile die and then figure out what your attribute is randomly. Or you can go with the array method, which is going to give you two options, balanced and specialized. Balance kind of gives you a nice, well, balanced character. Uh, stats are not too high, they're not too low, and it's definitely a good mix. It's something that you can have a very competent agent with. Specialized allows you the ba- of actually gain a d12 as one of your first attributes, but it also penalizes you with two d4s. So you might be really, really good at something, but other things you're going to be mediocre at. The balanced method is nice, I think, if you're looking for... A nice cinematic character that can pretty much do a little bit of everything. Balance would be the way to go. Specialized. If you really want that character who can do that one thing and do that one thing awesomely. Like a hacker who's just amazing at using a computer but couldn't operate a pistol if his life depended on it. It Depends on where you want to go. Now the random attribute method is where you roll percentile dice and based on what you roll you end up with a... Well, your attribute. That can go up from a d4 to a d12. So one of the there's pros and cons to this. So you could roll really low all the time and just end up with something very low across the board. Uh, an agent with d4s in every attribute is probably not going to survive very long. However, it might be fun to play. But on the opposite end of the spectrum, you're gonna get those players who have like three d12 in their attributes, and well, that's gonna be a little game breaking for the administrator. And also just not fun to play after a while because, well, you pretty much can do everything. But again, depending on your game, you might be going for a completely cinematic game where everyone is James Bond-like and, you know, failure is, is definitely something that doesn't happen very often. So once you have your attributes down, you are then going to go on to clearance and reputation. So reputation is something that's automatically going to start at zero. However, reputation is something that is earned. So the more you do missions, the more favor you gain with your agency, whether it be icon or an agency of your own, that's going to go up. Your reputation points are going to go up, and that's really going to allow you to do certain things. So your reputation is important because are you trusted? Are you trusted by other agencies? So all these things are kind of important when it comes to reputation, but it also goes the other way keep making mistakes or your missions keep falling apart your reputation can go a lot lower and therefore your name is mud no one's going to trust you no one's going to go on with you with missions or no one's going to want you on their missions once you get your reputation you're going to go to clearance now clearance is always going to start at d4 and that's something you'll be able to earn or bring up as you go along now clearance well reputation is more of how well people perceive you, clearance is sort of how well people trust you at certain things. So agents with high clearance could get missions that are super important, world shattering. You know, world can end if this agent doesn't finish this mission. However, someone with a low clearance, uh, they're kind of lucky to get sent to a ballpark to to do a stakeout. Or when you're dealing with assets, you know, you might be able to get that awesome hacker if you have a high clearance level or you're going to get the the bubblegum popping kid, you know, knows some computers and can get you through. Your clearance level is going to be uh, based on that, and that's something you will definitely earn as you go along. Same with your reputation. All right, next let's get to backgrounds. Backgrounds are things that fill out your character, where they came from. Not everyone was born an icon agent. Everyone had to start somewhere. Maybe you were a cop. Maybe you were a hacker. Maybe, you know, you uh, were an athlete. Well, this is where backgrounds come in and definitely backgrounds will give you that little bit of flavor. Also, they have a really great bonus. So when you take a background, whenever you roll a task or skill, whether it be a tradecraft, straight up, or a specialty skill, anything that you're going to roll dice for, your background is basically specific to, what you're going to be able to do is take your attribute die for that roll. You're going to roll two of that die type and take the highest. So this is going to give you, obviously, a better chance to burst, or it's at least going to let you uh, get a better advantage. Uh, Honestly, I've seen situations where people roll double ones, double blowbacks, even with the two dice. But uh, that's sometimes the breaks, and it adds a little bit more fun. So these are are things that you can do. Uh, We have some backgrounds in the book for you. Um, You can roll randomly, or honestly, just think about what you did. And it can be anything. Like I said, you can be the cop. You can be the ice cream guy who drove around a truck all the time and suddenly just manifested agency skills. However it is, however silly, as long as your administrator's cool with it, we're good. Impairments are the opposite of that. So where backgrounds are the things that you did beforehand, impairments are things that, well, about the character that may not be the greatest. So for example... An impairment might be someone is overweight. So obviously any task that's going to involve running or doing anything athletic, that's going to take effect. Or for example, if your character has, you know, maybe lost a hand during a mission and it's something that needs manual dexterity for both hands, that's going to be an impairment. Doesn't mean you can't try to do it. It just means that's going to be harder to do it. And like a background, what you're going to do is take the attribute die of that task. You're going to roll two of them. But this time, you're going to take the lower of the two. And that's going to either give you a really good chance of getting a blowback, or it's going to give you an opportunity to basically flood the roll. It's not like I said that you can't do it. It just means that, well, you're going to have a harder time. All right, so languages. Let's get over to languages. This is not rocket science. So basically, your character can speak 1d4 languages. And we do have a table in the book that you can roll to see what languages you speak. Actually, the table's kind of fun because there's languages in there that I didn't even think about. But, you know, maybe your character has spent a lot of time in the Orient, so they're going to be able to pick up various languages. They might know Korean, they might know Chinese, they might know aspects like Cantonese or Mandarin. So these are all things that a character could possibly pick up. So you're going to roll a D4. That's going to determine the amount of languages you have. This is in addition to a language that you speak natively. So your native language is always going to be at the top of it. And that's always going to be at the highest. You're going to roll a D10 to see what your level of proficiency is in that language. And then after that. So theoretically, you might speak a foreign language better than you do your native language. All right. Let's uh, move on to Tradecraft. Now, tradecrafts. when we designed the game, we went through a lot of phases. And honestly, we ended up with like a very long list. So Merle, the administrator, created a massive list of skills. But ultimately, it just kind of became overload. So when you create a character, you're just kind of unsure what skills you wanted to take. So we ended up breaking it down into what we call tradecraft. Now, tradecraft is very broad skills. They encompass a lot of things that a agent can do, but it allows for a lot of flexibility in gameplay and allows, well, players to create characters so when we break it down, there's, there are four of them. So the first one is Signals Intelligent, which is Signet, which deals with the art of intelligence gathering, Human Intelligence, which is human, Technical Operations, which is Tech, and Combat Operations, well, which is Combat. So going back, Human is basically personal interactions and human observation. So this is great when you're trying to, like, read somebody or deceive somebody Technical operations, this is used to operate machinery, computers, other technology. And then we have combat operations, which is really a big catch-all, but it involves combat, a physical talent, driving vehicles, athletics, feats of strength, even situational awareness. So combat definitely encompasses a larger part of the game, but all of them are pretty balanced. And again, not every character attends to be a, a combat monster. To figure out your tradecraft, it's all based on your attributes, which we talked about earlier. So Signet is based on your intellect. Human, you get to choose either your suave or nerve, whichever higher. Tech, which is your intellect. And Combat, which is based on reflex. If you have some pretty decent attributes, you definitely know, you know where what's going to be higher in your tradecraft. Also, if you're playing on a certain type of character and you're, say, using an array method or even the random method... You might want to think about this ahead of time. So if you really want that combat monster of a character, you're going to make your reflex the highest die type. Or you can just go completely random. But again, if you're building something specific, you want to try to match your tradecraft to your attributes pretty well. Now, there is a rule that is, I think, incredibly helpful, which is weak area. So let's just say you ended up using the random method and your character is just a monster. Like He has D12s and D10s everywhere. Or if you want to just create a more realistic character or your administrator says, hey, you know, this game is going to be very gritty. So we don't want everyone walking around with high attributes. This is where the weak area comes in. Now, weak areas are a specific tradecraft that is chosen by the player to be something that they're not particularly great at. So it's kind of a, a trade-off. Well, I'm really great at combat, but you know what? I'm not great at human at all. Like, I have no human interaction ability whatsoever. So the player might want to go ahead and take the human die, which let's just say at this point is a d6, and half it. So what you're doing is taking the attribute that you want to make your weak point, you're taking that, in it, and then rounding up to the nearest die type. So if your human was at a D6, then what you're going to do is divide that, which is three. We don't use D3s in the game, so that's definitely up to a D4. So you're going to drop a die type, which is kind of you know what the game does anyway to move forward, but we'll talk about that a little bit more in our rules discussion about you know moving numbers or dice up and down. So once we get done with that, we'll go to specialty skills. So every agent has a focus, or should have a focus, or wants to have a focus, something that they're really great at. So for example, you might be really awesome at combat, but you're even more awesome at shooting a rifle, or driving a car recklessly. So these are things that you're known for. This is where specialty skills kind of come into play. So what ends up happening is you get five of these so out of these 5 you can take specializations now there is a list on page 24 and 25 that break it down and even break it down even further if you want to dig down deeper so you know you might have climbing as a specialized skill or explosives or marksmanship all right so these are all things that you can definitely do and underneath them are going to be subskills underneath those What your specialization allows you to do is when you take a specialized skill, you use the tradecraft that it's based on. So for example, so let's say you really want to be good at driving. Well, the tradecraft for that is combat. Now let's just say your combat's at a D10 because you're you're excellent at combat. You're good at hand-to-hand. You're good at all these things. But driving is the thing that you do the best. So when you take that specialization, your combat goes from a D10 to a D12. Simply said, when you specialize in a skill, you take the tradecraft that that skill is based on, and then you go ahead and raise the die type. The question we always get is, well, what if I'm at a D12? Do I go to a D20? And the answer is no. Uh, The most you can cap out on in top secret New World Order is a d12 plus a d4 so while this kind of breaks the three die asset rule that we talked about in the earlier edition this is pretty much what the highest you can achieve without really kind of breaking things now the administrator can you know if he wants to make it a d12 plus a d6 they can it's their game no one's gonna tell them no However, just know that when you start upping that other die, it then just kind of makes the challenges too easy and you might end up, you know, with a character that not particularly a challenge. Like you get bored really easy if you can just go around and do everything all the time. So the last thing I want to talk about here is fighting styles. Now, fighting styles are a form of specialized skill. So instead of taking a specialized skill that would be, you know, like we're talking about climbing or driving, perhaps an agent wants to go ahead and have a martial art underneath them. On page 75, we get into fighting styles. Now, these are some that we're very familiar with, like um, boxing, capoeira, judo, karate. But we also have some interesting things here like Dambe from West Africa or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu so it's really up to you and honestly if your administrator is a you know is really big into mma or martial arts and says hey there's a style on there that you know i i don't see uh they can feel free to add it when you take that specialty skill you're gonna go ahead and get a d4 you're gonna d4 in the fighting style now you're kind of going wow d4 well that's not all that great but if you're fighting hand-to-hand without a style all you're really rolling is going to be your reflex and your combat. Not getting fully into the rules, but when you're doing hand-to-hand, it's an opposed roll, the higher win. So having that D4 is going to give you a little bit more of an advantage, and D4s usually have a tendency to burst a lot more. Well, they also blow back as well. It gives you a little bit more of an advantage in the fight. Plus, if your fighting style has a specialty to it, which most do. So, for example, boxing. Boxing, you're going to get actually a die type higher for striking, but since boxers aren't particular grapplers, they're going to get a, a minus die on that. What you're going to end up, so with boxing, if you're boxing someone hand-to-hand, uh, that d4 is now going to become a d6. If, for example, you're trying to grapple someone, well, that's not particular in your wheelhouse, so a, what there's nothing lower than a d4. Uh, You're just going to end up going to zero, which means that you will not get a die for that. Like everything else, these can be raised through mission points. Ultimately, you have an agent who's been out there for a while, and they've been studying Caporaire for years. They're going to be able to go beyond that d4, and certain point, just become incredibly badass at it. All right. And honestly, the last thing is really your background. So you can have an agent that's based on numbers, or you can have an agent that's just based on how, look how cool my die types are. But in most espionage stories, you really want to have that character who is known for something, who has a a rich background, maybe the previous agency they came from, quirks about them. And again, your background and impairments are things that you can do in the beginning, so when you kind of write up that little dossier on your agent to hand to your administrator, it can really help flavor things out. So this is the end of the episode. We I know I mentioned a lot of things, didn't really define a lot of rules behind it, but this was just more to go about character generation. Probably in episode three or four, I will start breaking down the rules. I'll probably end up doing that more in a more sectional piece because there are a lot of rules that I think we need to go over closely so you get a better idea of them tradecraft is a part of the tsr podcasting network thank you for listening thank you for listening to tradecraft tradecraft is an attribution non-commercial no derivatives 4.0 international creative commons work you may share it with whomever you like so long as you don't sell or modify it this message will now self-destruct